Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode is with Jack Inslee, a Knicks fan. I am a Bulls fan, and we discuss chapters 7 and 8 of The Last Dance, currently airing on ESPN. Uh, this is the Scott Burrell episodes. Uh, Scott Burrell, everyone knows, was uh, the highlight of the 1997-1998 Chicago Bulls. Uh, probably the reason why uh, they were have, able to have a second three-peat. So, as uh, a tribute to Scott Burrell, and uh, pretty much that's it. That's the only reason why we've ever done this show. As a tribute to Scott Burrell, uh, we are now available on Spotify, uh, iTunes, and you, me, them, everybody.com. So, Anyway, you're listening. Thank you. If you're listening to us on youmeetthemeverybody.com, go to our about page and please consider donating to our our Patreon. Uh, all of the money that I receive from our Patreon will be going to Scott Burrell uh, bootleg merchandise. Uh, there's a whole cottage industry of uh, all, me and all the other Burrell heads, and uh, I just want to buy as much Burrell merch as possible, licensed or unlicensed. I'm just open uh, in the Scott Burrell game, and uh, yeah. Rank us, rate us, whatever. Give us five stars if you... I don't... Whatever. I don't understand why I care. I don't care about this. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe that's why there's not enough Scott Burrell in my life. Anyways, enjoy the episode. We were supposed to record almost an hour late because my kid has been screaming uh, seemingly out of nowhere. (laughs) It's not a good... It's not a good feeling. Ugh. I don't envy you. No, but here's the thing about it. I'm the father. Like, this is... What a great reference to the hit show, Dinosaur. Um, I'm his dad, so, like, it's completely my <laughs> responsibility to make sure he's, like, you know, healthy and as healthy as possible and, like, sleeping when he's supposed to sleep. It's not anyone else's responsibility except me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And that's what I kept thinking about during episode seven of The Last Dance, the documentary where it's perfectly fine for Michael Jordan to just go and play baseball. He has every right to go play baseball uh, because he wants to follow his dreams slash his father's dreams. But never once do they say, hey, maybe you should just stay at home and be a fucking dad yourself. Mm. We don't get to that, do we? No. Now, him and at his all. children appear to have a very good relationship, both – the twins, the new, the new kids, and the kids that are like roughly our age, and you yeah. know how I know they have a good relationship because all of their Twitter accounts are just capitalizing on the fact that they're Michael Jordan's children. Well, oh but good for them. I think there were a few references made where, like, I think his mom or something was like, "You didn't see him, the Family Man. He was great," but like, there was no real evidence presented of that. No, at all. But they had three kids at this time when his dad dies. Like, why not stay home with them and be a dad? Because he's an addict. He is an addict. This is the behavior of an addict. Do you think that the kids would have preferred him to be home or they were glad that dad was in Birmingham? Do you think the kids ever got used to him being home? Was that? I don't think it's something they missed or want. I mean, who knows, right? Like, yeah, I, I think know. life was probably just life for them. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? You were texting me during episode seven. I don't know if you enjoyed it. I, my first reaction was that I wasn't enjoying it. Mm-hmm. By the end of both of them, I was like, no, that was a good chapter. I didn't, you know, I keep, I'm a broken record on this show. I keep 
just getting frustrated by everything going through this like lens of, and I wanted it more and winning means everything to me. So I did what I had to do and mm -hmm. then I won. And it's like, all right, we get it. There's nothing <laughs> new here. And, and, but the way that episode closes with him crying because, seven. because of what his teammates thinking he's mean. I mean, then you start seeing cracks in the facade and, and now I'm starting to feel like, okay, this is something Jordan had a tight grip on. He wanted it to be presented a certain way. I don't know if it's having the effect he intended or not. I think oh, it may I be having it a, is. a reverse effect. I think it's having the exact effect he wanted, which is everyone loves him even more. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe it's just me talking, but I see this shit as toxic, man. Like oh, the sure, things sure, he's sure. saying are insane. Yes, but the fact that he's now crying negates all the toxic stuff i disagree okay i think it just makes it look more toxic i'm like this is unhealthy behavior man you we don't want to teach our athletes to be like this the whole thesis is wrong what's the thesis <laughs> it's like you, you, you it's just at any cost you got to just do what it takes to win man you might kill some people along the way but that's just what it takes i'm like tim duncan's a sweetheart he's got five championships magic johnson sweetheart i mean he's got his own set of issues and vices but like this is not a prerequisite to being a winner. It's not like you have to find that Mamba mentality, that Jordan anger to win. I don't well, think that's wait a second. Jordan has the most rings though. In the modern era. Okay. So he's better than Magic and he's better than Tim Duncan. Okay. Therefore, that's why there's ten parts about him and not a single thirty for thirty. Still, <laughs> it's not this this thing he talks of this like wanting it more also it ignores all of the circumstances that led to so much of this winning it wasn't him in a vacuum you know the the guy it's like look at lebron for example he's mm -hmm. played for how many different coaches how many different teammates how many different circumstances and like you know and he finds a way to go to the finals with all these different teams different casts of character jordan was in a system and if doug collins never got fired and if they don't draft Pippen and they make a mistake there. I'm not saying Jordan's not one of the best of all time still, but I don't know that he's got six rings just because he wanted it more, just because he had the drive to get mad at <laughs> whoever the fuck on the Washington Bullets. You know, I'm like, come on, man. Like, don't, I don't buy any of that stuff. Yeah, but unlike most every other hypothetical, when it comes to art in sports, there's actual numbers that back it up. And he was better. He was just better than everyone. Like, they're, the difference between him and second is massive, uh, both in the cult of personality and in the actual game. And that was proven multiple times. Like he's legitimately part. cult of personality. You're right. I disagree on the second part. And there are analytics that can, that can back that up too. Like there are the superlatives, the mm -hmm. like MVPs, the championships, but a lot of other things play into those. It's not just your skills in a vacuum. Um, terrible three point shooter. Um, different era. There were a lot of a lot of things that you could look at and break down statistically, and there are a lot of basketball analysis that I really respect that have him like at five of all time. No, he's you number know, one. Not the so he, he, look, <laughs> I we talked about this last time. I do believe that if the MLB doesn't strike in '95 and he continues to play baseball by '96, he's in the majors. Do you agree with that? I don't know enough about baseball. Okay. Um, and I think, yeah, I think because he's Michael Jordan, especially, I think, yes. Um, would he be any good, though? 
Yeah, he would be very good. He's Michael Jordan. The reason why I bring this up is, do you think, I think that if you're a certain type of athlete, you could play any sport and succeed. I always think of Dave Winfield. Dave Winfield was drafted by, I think, three leagues and then was like also asked to be on like the U.S. track team or something crazy in 1980. Clearly, there's Bo Jackson, there's Deion Sanders. The idea of a two-sport athlete is not new. Jordan did not create it. So the idea that Jordan was like a failure at baseball is fucking bullshit because this guy oh, was... I'll agree with that one. Yeah, yeah he... and I've held that belief for a long time, and I think that was just kind of like common part of the, the pop culture narrative of it all. But I agree with you. And and I did like where they were like, you know, this guy couldn't hit a breaking ball, and then he would sit at the breaking ball machine for hours. Mm-hmm. And like, I believe that his insanity would have driven him to like be good. Yeah, it's it's not a crazy assumption to say Michael Jordan would have succeeded oh. in whatever sport he decided he would be good at, except golf. Yes, for whatever reason. Gambling, that's why. Ah, because money's involved. It's yes. super difficult to gamble on team sport. Like, Pete Rose is the greatest example. Like, it's very difficult to gamble on an entire team sport. It's super easy to gamble on yourself and fail consistently. <laughs> That the, might be a good segue into the um, the dad story. That, okay, so I knew every single thing that they talked about. I'm assuming you did as well. Mm-hmm. My wife did not know any of this. She grew up in the same area as me. She Chicago suburbs, like she like grew up 20 minutes from the Berto Center. Like didn't she knew his dad died, but didn't realize it was like a brutal murder. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not one for conspiracies. I'm really not. <laughs> I'm really, really not. I'm I'm very anti-conspiracy. But I mean, a guy gets shot in the chest and dumped in the river in his car. No fucking way. It's not a random act of violence. It's just not. Oh, I have and to I don't completely disagree with means. you on this. It's I don't know, man. It's too Here, high profile a person. Yeah, and I'm Alexis not saying is it's Alexis. That hold on, this is '93. This is '93. It's not like if you're, you're. What are the odds that they knew who they killed when they killed him? You're saying 100%. I'm going to go with yeah, no. Yeah, for me, I'm saying one shot to the chest, dumped in the river, and car cleaned out. With any, I mean, that's too that's too precise. That's good work. They got caught. Did the right people get caught? Oh, you're going to go that? Okay, I'm not going to. Okay, so Guy's that could be its own 10-part documentary. He's maintaining his innocence. I don't know. It just felt the whole, I, I felt like we glossed over a lot of that in the doc. Um and it just felt it felt incomplete that part of the story um and maybe maybe if i learned more about it i wouldn't think that it's some other explanation but they don't even get into the case much or the who was convicted or any of that stuff so i don't know on the surface i'm like Ugh. you know it could have been as something as simple as someone trying to rob his dad because they thought he was rich that's or... what i think it is Right, but it's not just like could have been anybody kind of thing. Fine. So that's fine. And it's happening in Nor- in his home state, so you don't know. And he's got these friends from gambling. In these, You don't know the connection or the, the threads that come into play. Fine. It's not to put any fault with Michael Jordan and say, fine. Like, oh, he's responsible. I'll concede but- that that could be the case, but I don't think that really matters in our narrative, our narrative being the last dance. Okay, fair enough. I think the well, thing the that does matter though, is why Jordan does what he does. That is essentially the premise of episode seven and yeah. maybe the entire series. Yeah. 
and my wife, while watching this, when the media was questioning, like, was it gambling nuts? Was it, why is he playing baseball? Was it blah, 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 blah. She's like, this is clearly just, like, guy trying to live up to daddy's will. Like, it's not complicated at all to her. Oh, no, not at all. I agree with that. Too. I agree completely. I don't know why anybody had any other doubts about yes. why the guy retired. I'm like, that's obvious. His dad just fucking died. Like, give the guy a break. Um, And something that I thought was interesting that kind of got glossed over as well, I did not watch that press conference live, and if I did, I was too young to remember it. But he says... I'm not ruling out a return. <laughs> yeah, I know. I watched it live. It's got like a smirk on it. Like people are smirking. There felt like a collective understanding in that room that this was not the last of Michael Jordan playing basketball. And from him himself. And I know he likes to retell it where he's like, I was good walking away for good. I'm like, I don't buy that. I think you knew you needed a sabbatical. I think you were going through some shit. Your dad died. I think in his heart and I think in a lot of other people's brains, they knew he'd be back. I don't know. Do you disagree? I don't disagree. I think he always was going to come back, but it's kind of a pointless hypothetical because he clearly did come back. Um, I'm just more, way more interested is if the MLB doesn't strike or not. Like that is so much more important. I've also written a lot about how if that strike doesn't happen, if Bud Selig's not the commissioner, 9-11 might not happen. So like clearly yeah. I'm sort of obsessed with 93 through 95 era sports. I think it's like the ripple effect of that is still playing out today. Yeah, all right, fair. I mean, okay, so here's here's another take on that. So the MLB strike, you could argue, would be the perfect time for him to hone his skills more and come back a monster. In basketball in or in baseball? In baseball. No, because he went across the picket line. He always said he went across the picket line, and he was Didn't still getting paid practice. by Reinsdorf. So, like, I Didn't get Didn't mean he that. couldn't spend time with trainers and hitting coaches. And I mean, he did. Stuff. He played winter ball. He did do that. But this is before the spring training, like, the legit. So you think you – think it's the lack of competition that was like, ah, if I can't play baseball, then like. Kind of, but then he would also it. be thought of as a scab. For for doing what? If he came back with the scab players uh, and if anything, like that would have taken a lot of bargaining away from the players because like Michael Jordan will No, I'm not out. suggesting he would have played. I'm, I'm saying in, in, your, in your opinion, it's because of the strike and because he's standing on the side of the players that he can't play baseball. That's what drives him to play basketball. No, 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 not at all. Oh, okay, not at all. Um, I think that what drove him to play basketball is they didn't win. They didn't make the finals in '94, right? And then in '95, I think he saw a weakness there, and he wanted to. Get so back why in. was the strike? Why wouldn't he have come back if the strike didn't happen? Because he would have stayed in spring training. He would have at least let the team play, finish out the year. He would have had something to do. He would have had something to occupy his time. Right, but maybe come back the next year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fair. So also, then, yeah, it, it gave him an out so he's that, not a yeah. complete failure in baseball, too. True. That's not how he wanted to end mm -hmm. because it, it did fuck up that narrative. And you see the the anger in him even still talking mm -hmm. about that Sports Illustrated cover. And I don't blame him for that. But Not me neither. I think he was right on that one. But it's also completely fucked up that he gives a shit. <laughs> oh, insane. No, you see, like, if you study the body language and the facial expressions, you see when the trigger is pushed. By the way, I've him. been swearing more because of this by watching the last dance and then talking to you is right after a nap because I'm not <laughs> swearing for I'm trying not to swear in front of my child. And also Jordan swears so much and I've read a lot of pieces that are like Jordan's got a potty mouth. I'm like, fuck you, he's the best player ever. He could swear what's wrong with swearing? What is wrong with that? So it's this weird thing where I'm like swearing more and less at the same time. 
Uh, speaking of swearing, can we take a moment to appreciate Gary Payton? <laughs> Wait, do we I want to appreciate love... Gary Payton or Michael Jordan's reaction to Gary Payton? Both. Starting with Gary Payton swearing his ass off and being like, fuck that. And George Carl said, <laughs> don't guard him. I'm like, fuck you talking about George. I'm guarding him. Just love Gary Payton. And then that was to me probably a top five moment of this entire documentary series was Jordan watching the iPad. Jordan on the Gary iPad Payton. with Gary Payton oh and Isaiah God. Thomas are the two highlights other than the yes. coin game. Yeah, true. Those are top three for sure. For yeah, I just sure. want Jordan reacting to people talking about Jordan. Like that's the talk show I want to watch every day of my life. Oh man. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Also, well, no one mentioned Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp was more important to the Sonics than Gary Payton. That's part of my problem with this doc is we don't get a lot of other basketball context. We also don't go on to even acknowledge Hakeem Olajuwon's dominance in those two years and how good he was. Because they never faced like, him. And then the Magic beat the Bulls. But that's because like, they don't the face him. Win? What? That's because they don't face them. If the Bulls ever know, actually faced like, the Rockets and lost, clearly that's the narrative. I think it, it's important to note that the Bulls lose to the Magic and then the Magic gets swept. They did Not like they that. lost to the best. Yeah, they get swept by the Rockets and Hakeem Oh, that... Them. Here's the thing about that Rocket series that I'll never forget. The Taco Bell ad campaign starring Shaq and Hakeem Olajuwon. Oh, wow. You remember that? True. Yeah, I do. My That had my favorite moment in a commercial. They were riding a tandem bicycle. <laughs> yep. Yep. Shaq has been likable yeah, since I, I day wish one. There was a little bit more. We don't get any Sean Kemp. Uh, you know, we we gloss over a lot, which is fine. There's, there's only so much time, I guess. I want to. Um, so Dennis Rodman was on the NBC uh, Five uh, post every Sunday. They had a show, um, like the Bulls Week in Review or whatever. And Dennis Rodman always had a segment, and his theme song was "Spin the Black Circle" by Pearl Jam. And oh, wow. during the '96 final celebration. And during the whole finals, he has PJ in his hair for Pearl Jam and the entire band, mostly Eddie Vedder, because the other guys are from Seattle and Vedder is from Chicago, are like partying. And I wanted that to make the talk. (laughs) Just like, this is a cool thing that happened. Sad, sad that it didn't show up in the doc. That is really cool. There's um, a the, one get, Dennis Rodman get, note though. that I've noticed all of the episodes, but I finally was like able to confirm it. He does. He's the only player that puts his hand in, but does not say anything during the classic. What time is it? Game time. Woof. Oh, he never does it. He never actually says it. He just puts his hand in like he's too cool for school, which reminds me of every time I had to go to mass throughout my entire education being like, fucking God doesn't exist, but I got to go. Like, it's so... Like clearly, wow. that's why I like Rodman. Nonconformists, yeah. <laughs> Nonconformists, um, but I'm still like on the most dominant basketball team of all time. Two, two, two other things that I'm sure you also want to talk about. Um, Scott Burrell. Let's, let's come on, Scott Burrell. <laughs> I've never heard the word "ho" so many times <laughs> in a short amount of time than I did last night. Um. Michael, just wow. Michael Jordan has has to have a very odd sexual like relationship with sex. Why? And gender norms and just verbiage cuz like who the who is he talking? What is he Ma- Don Magic What is it? Oh, that's the, the, the time, Bishop though. Don Magic Juan? Is that it? That's the time. That's yeah. just that's just vernacular. Time. But it's just I mean, weird. It's weird. Yeah. He's in this just, weird bubble. It, 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 <laughs> It's just funny that like he's always needed these punching bags. And I don't know if that motivated him. He's trying to sell it like, I'm trying to make these guys better. I'm like, no, you are not. I do not believe that for a second. 
I think it's both. I think it was motivation for him. I think it was I think he needed he needed things to be tense and almost violent to kind of like get the charge he needed to make himself better. Oh yeah, 100%. And it wasn't all about like I'm going to take this kid Scott Burrell under my wings and no way, man. He just needed those foils to kind of like I don't know. I mean, his time with the Hornets proved that he's not really the best mentor. <laughs> no. <laughs> not at all. I would or, love actually, to know. I remember when he uh he drafted Kwame Brown mm-hmm. with the number 1 pick, which was a total disaster. Uh and um I remember Kwame Brown saying something like Jordan called him the F word and it like dejected him and he had a shitty career. And a lot of people were like, it's probably because Jordan put him down so harshly as a, as a rookie coming out of high school, just yeah. tearing him apart. But That's I what I mean. That. It's toxic. It doesn't work. I don't. And, and they keep trying to sell it as this like, you know, it's like it's not everyone's going to love you, but you got to do what you got to do to become a winner. And I'm like, nah, not at all. See, I no, don't, that's not I don't how think that, that works. the doc is saying that because at the, during the same episodes we see Steve Kerr who doesn't do that who is the winningest coach of the last decade so like I don't but know they don't even that. mention that we don't even like in a vacuum the average person doesn't know that Steve Kerr the average person that's not a sports fan right so okay, there's still okay. this kind of if you're not into sports you're just like wow yeah that's what it takes to be a champion and also, are we supposed to feel bad for Michael Jordan in the Steve Kerr story where <laughs> it pivots very no, quickly? No, 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 we're not. No, we're not. Jordan felt so sorry, and he just, oh, I, I hit the littlest guy on the team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, am I supposed to feel so pity? Like, dude, you're an asshole. Yeah, he is a total asshole. Um, something I didn't notice that I definitely should have talked about, at the end of episode six, the it's a modern shot and Jordan driving up to the United Center for game one of yeah. the 98 playoffs. He's smoking a cigar in the car on the way oh, to the yeah. game. He was smoking a cigar in the locker room, I think before or right at, or during practice too in this last episode. Yeah, he's also there's a great photo of him in North Carolina when his dad is hugging him and his dad is smoking a cigarette. <laughs> I just forgot Something how you don't- you don't How, see like, anymore. socially acceptable it was to smoke literally everywhere in the 80s and 90s. Right. right. In the locker room, a cigar. Can you imagine the smell of a cigar in a locker room? It's ridiculous. Yeah, after you won a championship. I could totally imagine that. But before a game? <laughs> that's impressive. It is impressive, actually. If that's another reason why I know he's better than LeBron, because he's smoking cigars before a fucking game. <laughs> Yes, that's fair. Fair. Like to see you try that, LeBron. You are a Knicks fan. I'm so sorry about this. And we finally got the most, probably the worst. It's no, it's nothing compared to Pacers Knicks, but like the most insulting Bulls Knicks meme or gif of the last thirty years. Oh, which see, Pippen jumping maybe over. You say, maybe you say. I think Bulls fans say that, but we Knicks fans do not care about that. Okay, good. Don't. Could not care any less. We won the series. It's Pippen dunking over Ewing. Yeah, and then the, the point down and all that. Yeah. yeah but no. here's the thing. There was one play shown in slow-mo last night, and there was one play shown twice <laughs> in both episodes, and that's mm-hmm. the only one. See, you don't know what it's like to be a Knicks fan because I couldn't think of anything other than John Starks going two for 13 in game seven of the finals against the Rockets. That yeah. series, that Bulls series carries no trauma for me. I'm like, that was fucking awesome. We We won. That was a good series for you guys. We won. Yeah. We finally did it. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, so, yeah, no, that, that's not a source of pain for Knicks fans. Okay. The, the Knicks fans, like, hierarchy of pain is Reggie Miller. Well, probably no, game seven in the finals versus the Rockets, then Reggie Miller, then Bull stuff. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's, that's but, the. I mean, it's always fun to laugh at the Knicks. I, I hear you. But that's the thing. If you had any other owner, not any other, any other current owner other than maybe even Jordan, it wouldn't be so much fun to root for you guys, to be like against you guys. Oh, no, I know. Because even yeah. Ryan's, like, I like Jerry Ryan's. I have nothing against Jerry Ryan's. Doors. Like, I don't he's love his managerial too. style, but like, he seems like a fine person. He's been great in this doc. Yeah. He's coming off. Well, really, you know, Dolan well. wasn't around for any of this shit back then. I mean, he <laughs> took over. You know, his first move was like trading Ewing in two thousand or something. I mean, yeah, no, we we had a good thing going there. But now, I don't know if you noticed this, and I don't know if I've even mentioned this before. I think this has exists, but I think during one of the practices, Jordan is wearing a shirt, like a T-shirt, underneath his practice jersey that says "The Last Dance." Really? I think so. Yeah, I should find a still for probably you. though, because I mean, Phil Jackson had. Dubbed the season the last dance. Yeah. You know, that was Phil. So, like, that was like, you know, preseason. He had come up with that. So, I could see there being merch involved. Now, did you know about the now infamous Space Jam pickup games that were on the level of like I the greatest games ever played? That. No, I did not know about that. And I thought that all the players that showed up to those were absolutely insane. What are you doing? Yes. This guy's rusty. What are you what are you why are you showing up and giving him practice? Like what's wrong with you? Well, that's the thing. Do, isn't this something that happens now? Yeah, it is. Okay. All the time. Okay. So why do that? Why why is anyone doing yeah, this? Yeah. I, I I guess there's a the the value of the socialization outweighs the strategic angle because if I you know in theory you'd be like why would you want to show Michael Jordan your moves in the offseason that's what I'm why wondering. give him a chance to practice his against you just let the guy be cold okay also I'm trying to figure out when Rodman signed with the Bulls and because Space Jam happens between the 95 the 94 95 season and the 95 96 season correct so yes yeah, space um Dennis Rodman signed in uh for the 95 96 exactly so did he already sign with the bulls or was this his like tryout to see if he gelled with michael oh i see what you're saying um ah hard to say when does it start filming i don't know that's Um, what i'm wondering here yeah i'm trying to see that it's yeah it's not clear because that's the only reason i would assume you would even want to show up to one of these games I'm guessing. Yeah, well, they it has to be during the summer. Both were during so, the summer, I, and free agency is usually July. So, like, I could see Rodman either had just signed or was going to sign. I could see that that was already cooked in. But if that. he's not going to sign, once again, I'm with you. Like, why the fuck are you playing against this guy? Yeah, I, I did not understand You're it. Just Jordan's like, I'm studying your them. knees, I'm studying their games. I'm like, what is wrong with you guys? Also, Rodman at this them. point is like 35. He doesn't have that much gas in the tank. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, well, you know, ballers will ball. Um, uh, I had another big question please. that I had for you that you might have an answer to. What the fuck is up with George Kohler, and who is that? And why don't we get any more context <laughs> as to this best friend of Michael Jordan who's wearing, like, a bowling shirt? Uh, I, what? 
So I don't get it. Whenever I say things like "There's no credence in Jordan's dad being murdered intentionally," then you show that character, and you're like, "Oh yeah, something happened." <laughs> exactly. What the fuck? What is going on? The only person that, like a, a modern shot, I get it, kind of. His brother, I get it. Everyone else in his life makes no fucking sense. Maybe the guy was like a card counter, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Or just like a pool shark. That has to be it. Yeah. It's weird. He's got a weird bubble life. It doesn't seem fun you know, in any way. Kohler, Kohler's quote in 92 was like, uh, you know, think of me as Michael's personal assistant or his golfer. It doesn't bother me. In 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 response to, are you his best friend? Yeah. So this is, you know, I just... That kind of got glossed over. I would have loved like two minutes on that one. <laughs> you just can't put a guy like that on the screen with the, uh, you know, the title Michael Jordan's best friend. You're like, wait, what? So this is one of the reasons why I'm okay with the doc is what we discussed last week. Um, I fell in love like most of America with the security guard that wins the coin tossing game. And then yes. you told me like, oh, there's a whole article about him. And then I read that article and it was great. The internet is letting us fill in all the gaps and he's bringing in these characters these like random assortment of characters for literally 30 seconds. That's all we're going to ever see of them in this doc, but we could find out pretty much their home address, what they paid for their house within like 10 seconds of Googling. So I'm really enjoying that. Fair, fair. That's true. We are in a different time now where everything doesn't need to be fully spelled out for us. Cause yeah, I can go look up this article on George Kohler and find out that apparently they like to play pranks on McDonald's workers back in the eighties together. Like, what the I, f- this that's... is so weird, man. I just like, I, I don't, I don't understand. This is such a wonderful doc and I'm going to miss it. And I, I, once again, I, we shouldn't even call it a documentary. I don't know what this is, but it's, the, it's maybe the perfect, coronavirus content we all need and desire it truly truly is and uh i, I want to credit this to the right person but somebody um let me let me pull this up so the writer is sam um Fessine, i guess for the atlantic and he says my official take is that the last dance is something just to be enjoyed not something worth critical analysis we're not learning anything new it's not an incredible journalistic entry of a doc it's just super fun yeah i'd agree with that and like Totally but I think agree. the amendment is like the internet. Let the internet be your footnotes. Let it fill well, in the we're blanks. Gonna get a, sure as hell, going to get a lot of think pieces on Michael Jordan after this. That's for fucking sure. Yeah, I don't care about. I'm cursing that. a lot too. But you, I you really want to know a few things. Like I like the the the, the coin toss man is going to be my number one. I want to know what's going on with his eyes. I want to know what's going on with his ex wife. And I could find out about all of that thanks to Twitter and his kids and like looking all that stuff up. It's great. Yeah, it is. I uh, I I am shocked that we've yet to see or hear anything from or about LeBron James. Um, we've got one more week left. I'm going to end this episode with my uh, I wouldn't be shocked if this happens. Jordan is on everyone's mind right now. LeBron is not. They're, the debate of who's the greatest of all time will be stronger than ever before. The longer the NBA goes in lockout – the more I'm convinced that Michael Jordan will once again play professional basketball just so he could have one game against LeBron James and have better numbers. 
<laughs> my my dream out of this was uh I was I was imagining Gary Payton who's a coach in the big three and still very active sitting at home being like, Man, fuck him. I'll take this guy one on one right now. That's what I want to see. Michael Jordan, Gary Payton, one on one. Let's go. <laughs>